You're listening to Life and Health Matters with Dr. Shakib, and this is your host, Mamak Shakib. This episode has to do with valerian roots, headaches, tension, stress, and what are some of the things it does with regards to headaches and how there are actually side effects that I was shocked by, making me realize, you know, when it comes to tension, headaches, and nutritional component contributing to tension headaches, valerian roots may not be exactly the best thing to take. It comes in different forms. You can take it as an herb by itself or make tea or whatever you may do with it, but is it really the best option or what are some of the things you can do in place of if that's the case? So this episode is all about valerian roots and tension headaches and uh, by the by the time you're done listening to it then it's totally up to you if you wish to go with it or not please direct your questions comments and suggestions to me via email drspodcastshow at gmail.com once again it's drspodcastshow at gmail.com and don't forget to rate this podcast. So with no further ado, here's the episode on valerian roots and tension headache. Okay, so this episode is about the nutrition involved with tension headaches, and we talk about valerian roots. It was quite interesting. There was a study, 2020 study, so just this year, published in the Avicenna Journal of Phytomedicine, we learned that in a double-blind study, researchers used questionnaires to measure headache severity and how much headaches impacted daily life in 88 participants with tension headaches. When the questionnaires were complete, participants were randomly assigned to one of two groups, an intervention group and a control group. That's what double-blind study is. So no one knows which group they belong to. So for one month, the intervention group was given 530 milligrams of valerian root extract daily, and the control group was given 500 milligrams of breadcrumbs. After the study period, researchers used the same questionnaires to measure headache severity. The participants in the intervention group reported significant reduction in headache severity and headache disability. We already know that valerian roots being used basically to decrease tension and stress and more so with headaches. Unfortunately, headaches, tension headaches being the most common kind of headaches are a lot more prevalent these days for the obvious reasons. The major one and the one on top of the list is lifestyle using digital devices. So the question is, what causes tension headache? Tension headache basically is the tension in the muscles in the back of your neck and your scalp, your head, which become tense or stay contracted. Different things can trigger tension headache, but they're typically brought on by stress. So you have to understand stress is not just, you know, having issues with your spouse or your partner 
or finances. Stress can be broad. Stress can have different sources. However, the impact of it on the physiology of the body is the same regardless of the source. Lack of sleep and poor posture are two of the contributing factors to tension headaches and certainly make them a lot worse. Researchers from a 2015 study in cephalgia also connected tension headache with decreased neck and shoulder strength. They compared 60 patients with frequent or chronic tension headaches to 30 control groups of healthy people. They found that the patients who experienced regular tension headaches had decreased strength in the exterior neck muscles, which cause a reduced cervical, it's not exterior, it's extension neck muscles, I'm sorry, that it basically reduced the neck curvature um, um, and the ability to look up versus looking down compared to healthy studies. The tension headache group also had decreased muscle strength in the shoulders. So other things that can contribute to tension headaches obviously are looking down at your computer or cell phone for extended periods of time, long drives without breaks, clenching your jaw, 100% related to your neck. Clenching the jaw, wearing the silly um, guard at night is not going to make your clenching of the jaw go away. I honestly have no idea how in the world people use that as if that's going to fix the problem. Sleeping on your stomach 100% contributes to it because that's like you standing up all day looking to one side versus the other side most of that day. So it creates a lot of tension in the muscles. Anything that contributes to an imbalance in the front, between the front of the neck and back of the neck causes tension headache. Sleeping on your stomach, playing video games for an extended period of time is another one. Essentially being on your devices, using your phone, looking down, anything. You know, an average head weighs about 12 pounds. When you, and that's with the proper alignment, the structures in your neck can withstand about 12 to 15 pounds of pressure. So stru- uh, proper alignment is when the ear hole lines up with the center of your shoulder joint as you look at it sideways. So as the neck goes forward, which happens, we call that um, forward neck, we call it um, tech neck, it's the same thing, where the neck goes forward, that alignment's compromised, the same 12 to 15 pounds of pressure, the moment you look down, depending on how far down you go, it can create up to 60 pounds of pressure on the vertebrae in your neck. And that creates a lot of tension for the surrounding muscles. Try to manage the weight of the head over the neck. Creates tension and the rest we all know about. So people refer to severe tension headache as migraines, but they're not. Majority of headaches are not migraine headaches. They're very, very tense headaches. They can cause sensitivity to light. They can cause um, nausea. You can become sensitive to light and noise. 
these are all what people think, oh, it must be migraine, but it doesn't have to be because severe tension headache can cause that. Typically, the pain associated with a tension headache is classified as mild to moderate. And um, essentially, they, people describe it as like a band-like tightness around their head. Now, it doesn't have to be all the way around. It can be portions of the head, or they describe it as like a helmet-like coverage. So imagine a helmet over your head, and whatever area it covers, it can cause issues and tension in that surface area. So it doesn't have to be the whole thing, can be portions of it and cause two headaches. There is tension headaches associated with menstruation or ovulation. There is a, there was a study, my gosh, that was years ago. I want to say maybe 15 years ago where they noticed that female athletes were more prone to um, injuries during their ovulation and or menstruation come to find out that the hormone relaxin, which up to that point was thought to be only present in pregnant women, was actually present in non-pregnant women during ovulation and or menstruation. So imagine if you've got issues, let's say you have a poor lifestyle, uh, looking at your computer all day, and now as a woman, now you have close to your period or ovulation, and you end up with headaches. They call it hormonal headache. That is not true. It's it, the hormone relaxin does not cause headaches. It's the fact that your neck is misaligned, your neck is tense, and now the very you basically rely heavily on your tense muscles to hold on to the structures. And when the relaxin relaxes the muscles, you don't even have that, so everything's just chaotic. Tense neck and shoulder muscles, when they can be sore to touch with tension headache. There is definitely problem with concentration, which happens with any kind of pain, and difficulty sleeping. Obviously, another thing that can happen with any kind of pain uh, that is present. So, you know, just because you have that does not mean you have tension headache, but that's an associated symptom. So now, how valerian root can actually help you is the subject. Valerian is classified as a sedative herb and and also it reduces anxiety. The therapeutic effect of valerian is linked to volatile oils. There are oils in it that actually make it therapeutic. In animal studies, valeneric valerianic, I'm sorry, acid has been found to act as what's called GABA, gamma immunobutyric acid. That's what GABA is, which is receptors for binding to them and producing a GABA-like effect. So valerianic acid has been found to act as GABA receptors by binding to them and producing a GABA-like effect. GABA is an inhibitory neurotransmitter. That means it inhibits. It's in the way the nerves communicate is neuro, uh, via neurotransmission, and this GABA inhibits the activity of it, which helps balancing between nerve excitation and inhibition. 
necessary. When you're stressed, GABA levels tend to drop. So your body's natural management to balance between excitation and inhibition drops. When it goes up, or when something like valerian binds to GABA receptors, makes your brain and body think GABA levels of, are increasing, it can help reduce stress and anxiety, alleviating tension headache that come with it as well. So imagine you have like a little car. Those are the receptors. Valerian roots get on these GABA receptors. This car is called GABA receptor, like a Mercedes-Benz. Valerian roots sit on top of it and they go around in your body and once they get to the brain, the brain thinks that GABA is increased and when it's increased, the stress level goes down. Why? Because GABA basically balances excitation with inhibition. So in 2018, study in the Journal of Traditional and Complementary Medicine, researchers gave two groups of mice either a dose of valerian extract or a dose of what's called tetrazepam. I'm probably butchering that name, but we all know medicines that are in that category. Basically, it's a muscle-relaxing drug that's prescribed essentially for a lot of tension headaches and back pain because a lot of back pain is spasm. 30 minutes later, so valerian roots versus tetrazepam. 30 minutes later, they measure muscle strength and muscle function. What they find is that tetrazepam compared to valerian root, valerian root decreased muscle tension without any negative side effects or muscle function and the muscle, basically the mice were able to relax their muscles without losing the ability to basically use the muscle. So some, what tetrazepam does is it basically makes you dysfunctional when it comes to your muscles, whereas valerian roots were making them relax but still functional. So far, so good. Valerian can help you with sleep. A natural sleep aid valerian is, and people use it quite a bit, and one of the most commonly used herbal remedies for insomnia, which makes it even more beneficial if tension headaches obviously cause lack of sleep. A 2011 study in postmenopausal women found that 30% of participants experienced improved sleep quality after taking 530 milligram of valerian twice a day for four weeks. In 2001, there was another study that found that people who regularly kept awake at night due to stress, work, or personal get relief from either valerian or kava. Kava is um, a plant also from South Pacific. Now, what they did was in the study of 2001, adults who had suffered from stress-induced insomnia for over 15 years 
first receive 120 milligram daily of kava for six weeks and then two weeks off treatment and then 600 milligrams of valerian daily for another six weeks. So they compared kava with valerian root and what they found was that 58% reported no side effects from either treatment, 16% reported vivid dreams after taking valerian, and 12% experienced dizziness with kava. So by far, valerian over kava was much better. Both kava and valerian root help people with stress and insomnia. But, you know, 12% dizziness with kava, I would just go with valerian if that was the case. Now let's talk about side effects and contraindications. One thing that people think is, oh, herbs don't have side effects. And here I am telling you everything you put in your mouth, pretty much you got to be smart about and know what you're doing. The most commonly reported side effects of valerian, here you go, are headaches, dizziness, digestive trouble, itchy skin, (laughs) so you're taking it for headaches but then it can give you headaches that's why when you look at side effects of medication it says for example constipation diarrhea it's like which is it well everyone's different so but don't think that valerian root just go crazy taking them because oh it's just an herb that's not true you need to be careful similar side effects are granted noted in the placebo when people took placebo the fake the sugar pill as they call it in the clinical studies so i don't know valerian does have the potential to interact with other medications and supplements for sure contraindications are the benzos benzos are essentially psychiatric active drugs And it's used for anxiety, epileptic seizure, and spasm. So imagine that. So, you know, one of the things I really get upset about is when a drug is approved by FDA for a specific use, and then they use it for other things. And somehow people have no problem whatsoever. The doctors have no problem whatsoever to prescribe this thing. So if benzos are, let's say, and I I do know that benzos are essentially approved by FDA for epileptic seizure. Now, how in the hell are they prescribing that for spasm is beyond me. That's crazy. I don't get it. It's like, how in the world am I putting my body and exposing myself to something that is not even designed for it? And it's not like you find in nature. We're talking about benzos here. Barbiturates, valerian root, Um, has contraindication that means you shouldn't be taking it if you're on barbiturates if you you're on morphine central nervous system depressant that's what morphine is st john's worth that is not medication but that's a supplementation kava you shouldn't be taking valerian root with kava you should not be taking valerian root with melatonin i know people who have taken valerian root with melatonin because they have a hard time sleeping So there's a contraindication. Obviously, don't take it with alcohol. Don't drive or use machinery without within several hours of taking valerian. 
Valerian may also be contraindicated if you're pregnant or nursing or have liver problems. It should not be given to children under the age of three because it was never studied for children. So to me, any herb that has all these little things, my, my little alarm goes on. My little alarm tells me I don't want to be taking valerian root. I'm, it's not my position to tell you what to take, what not to take. And that's not the, um, the um, intent of this podcast. But to me, valerian root, and people take it right and left. They're asking me always, should I be taking this? Should I be taking that? It's like, no, I can't tell you to take it. Because to me, these side effects are important. If you can't drive or use machinery using something like that, to me, I don't know. I would have to say, take it and go to bed. <laughs> so what can you do about these tension headaches? Well, I've got a huge suggestion for you. As a chiropractor, I see a lot of patients with tension headaches. I see a lot of people with tense body causing issues. So what goes there and what I recommend to patients is what goes to you and what I'm going to talk about right here. It is not a good idea to just get adjusted and think your problem goes away. Adjustment is stimulating your nervous system. It's like a teacher walking in saying, hey kids, I've got something important to tell you. And then there's nothing important to say after. So adjustment by itself is not going to work. When you start, you know, we talked about the weakness in the shoulder and neck. You start going to physical therapy to strengthen your shoulder and your neck. That is also not going to work. The problem is not in isolation. It's in movement. It's in you sitting down, you standing up. It's you not just separating your neck or your upper back from the rest of you and um, stretching it or strengthening it. That is not the solution. Obviously, medication doesn't work. And in this case, you have to be careful with valerian root. If it were me when it came to valerian root, I would take it when I'm resting at home. So what's the solution? If you have tension headache, what do you want to do? You have to understand, we already mentioned, that the neck goes forward, creates tension in the neck and upper back. People refer to upper back as shoulder. In reality, it is not shoulder, it's upper back. But your neck, upper back, and your actual shoulder joints and arms work very close to each other. Your shoulder joint is comprised of, is, is um, part major part of it is your shoulder blade and then just your collarbone forming the socket. The other part of the joint is the actual arm that forms a ball that sits inside the socket. So anything that causes tension or contributes to tension in these areas cause issues in tension in the neck misalignment of the neck and tension in the head and muscle surrounding it causing tension headache. So the thing to do is not to stretch those muscles, but to do what's, what 
in my practice, we call it, I mean, basically it's developmental kinesiology. What that is, is basically the movements that build and give an infant strength to hold their head up, to hold their body up and start moving. So those developmental stages to go through the correction of the involvement of your muscles when it comes to movements, when there is lack of proper order of muscles involved, you create a lot of tension and it becomes dysfunctional. It no longer has proper function. So if every baby on this planet goes through the same developmental stages, we must be born with that. That's part of how our body is programmed. So let's not reinvent the wheels. Let's just go and do what every freaking baby on this planet does, including you and I when we were kids. So instead of trying to come up with a new exercise, this latest machine that does all this stuff, just go through those stages of movement. There And don't think, oh my gosh, I don't even know if I'm doing this correctly. You are going to innately, automatically do it correctly. You just don't know what you're doing. So that's why you need help. So you need help to know what to look for. And with repetition, you do it. A baby doesn't go to a physical therapist or a chiropractor or take medicine or start building muscles using weight or bands. And somehow, a newborn with no ability to even hold his or her head up is able to become you and I and do funky stuff and do all these crazy sports, etc., etc. I'm not going to tell you why the dysfunction happens. I already mentioned some of the ways that dysfunction happens, like your lifestyle. But that would be a good place to start. And you don't just stop there. You have to go beyond to see how the impact of all these many months and weeks and years of dysfunction have made an impact in the progression of movement. So if your neck is forward and it's tense and the back of your neck muscles can no longer hold your neck back because they're exhausted, Obviously, your head's not flopping forward. So what's holding your head up? That is part of the dysfunction. So getting rid of the problem is one thing. Stopping what feeds the problem is also part of the solution. And that's where, in my opinion, when it comes to musculoskeletal issues, we fail. So yes, it does take a long time. But do it correctly and do it once is what I suggest you do. So people ask me, well, should I do yoga? The answer is yoga is great, but unfortunately, even yoga is not being done correctly. We have managed to mess up this yoga moves that, you know, they, they were great. When I first started my practice, you know, I've been practiced for over 20 years, I used to tell people, go to Blockbuster, um, rent a yoga uh, video and start doing it. Now, it's almost like anyone who can sustain um, the training involved in yoga and can pay the tuition has become a yoga instructor, it seems. I'm not saying anything bad about yoga, 
what I'm saying is people are not practicing true yoga. True yoga requires and involves proper breathing. Proper breathing is through your nose and not through your mouth. A baby breathes through the nose. We don't need to reinvent the wheels. We just need to look and see how we innately, without even knowing what we were doing, have done what has worked across the world over and over. So with that said, that's the proper way of addressing tension headache. Obviously, eliminating what contributes to tension headache is huge. Limiting the number of hours you sit behind the computer, taking micro breaks, um, making sure your ergonomics is correct. And that doesn't mean you go get the brand name for your chair and your keyboard. That just means you need to look for certain features that need to exist. I have all of these on my website. You can, you're more than welcome to check it out. But the point here is some due diligence needs to be applied here. So stop doing the things that contribute to tension. Start fixing what went out leading to tension headache and be conscientious about it. You know? There is no secret here. So you got to do what makes sense. There are things like biofeedback, which helps manage stress levels. When you do biofeedback, electrodes are connected to different parts of your body. And these sensors measure things like muscle tension, heart rate, blood pressure, and Basically, you see it on a screen. Then these measurements will help you and whoever is doing it, the therapist, to recognize when your body is tense and why. When you have this background information, you can work on figuring out how to relax your muscles. And that's, if it were me, I would have, I have my lone time every day. And that's first thing in the morning. I do my visualization. I do my relaxation. I do my planning of the day because I know that when my brain has to figure it out last minute, it stresses it. If I know it's going to be a busy day, I make a contract with myself. I need to be smiling all day. And if your tendency is to walk fast because you're busy, you actually walk slow. This is called changing your physiology. When you change your physiology, your brain starts wondering what the heck is happening, starts re sending relaxing hormones, so it calms you down. The deep breathing that we're all familiar with, do the same thing. So really, really, if you work on your posture, you're working on all of these. Your posture is not for looks. Your posture is for, it's a reflection of what's happening inside of you. That's what it needs to mean to you, essentially. But anyway, I don't want to make this podcast about posture. 
I just want to tell you that even when it comes to herbs, you need to be careful. You can't assume that herbs don't have any side effects or they're safe always. You've heard of ayahuasca. Ayahuasca is a psychedelic medication. People, not medication, um, basically remedy from Peru. And that's all herbs. People can die from it when it's not applied properly. And then, of course, everyone and their brother call themselves shamans and <laughs> start using that. So be careful. If it were me, I would use valerian roots at night, but I would work on what caused the tension headache to begin with. Anyway, I have reached the end of my um, episode. I hope you saw value in it. It shed some lights on some of the things you can do to tackle tension headaches. And do understand that nothing of value happens at the snap of a finger. It's an investment. So investment in your time, investment in your energy, investment in finances. It's an investment. And investing in you is the best investment you can really have. At any rate, I would love for you to forward me your questions, comments, and suggestions to me via email, drspodcastshow at gmail.com. And don't forget to rate and share this podcast. Until next time, take care.